Hello and welcome to uh, Sodexo Engage's new round of podcasts uh, called Empowering People and Fueling Businesses. My name is Corinne Chapman and I'm joined by Debbie Evans, colleague and mental health first aider and wellbeing guru who is going to be leading uh, today's discussion, which is all going to be about mental wellbeing. Hi, Corinne. Thanks ever so much for having me on with you today and uh, inviting me to discuss all things wellbeing with you. I really appreciate it. Very welcome. Um, so as I mentioned, we did we did do a few podcasts last year here at Sodexo. Um, we are getting them started again. Uh, aim to do them every month. We will see how we get on. And uh, yeah, so mental well-being is where we're starting today. Uh, Debbie, you've you've done a mental well-being podcast before, haven't you? You were part of the the group uh, yeah. that did this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I sort of see that podcast, which I listened to, which is brilliant, it was the meeting of two minds, sort of two equals, really. Um, it was yourself and um, a contact from our care from Care First to uh, provide our employee assistance program, which is uh, going to be the topic of uh, today's show as well. Um, but this is going to be structured a little bit differently. Debbie, you are our subject matter expert <laughs> for all <laughs> intents and purposes, and I am going to be drawing all this useful, useful, delicious, and lovely well-being information from you. Oh, what a lovely way to describe today and and the beginning of our wellbeing conversation. Corinne, thank you. So yeah, that's how the Today Show is going to go. Debbie, you've actually been here before, haven't you? Indeed, (laughs) many moons ago. (laughs) So you um, focused with it being your specialism, you focused on mental wellbeing and you were hosting with um, the provider of our employee assistance programme, Care First. Mm -hmm. Um, That podcast was when I listened to it, I thought obviously very, very insightful, but it was also almost like a meeting of two minds. You were both very much on the same wavelength. You know, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I like to think <laughs> so. Uh, so the way we're approaching this podcast is that I am the interviewer, you are the subject matter expert, and me and many other people can can take away a lot from you. No pressure or anything. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to do my best, I promise. I feel like we have a lot to learn. So that's basically going to be the flow of this of this podcast. Uh, this is what you can expect. Me asking questions, Debbie sharing her wisdom, all of us taking away something and then uh, going on to talk about, um, we will be focusing on our employee assistance programme because January we're looking at well-being. We're, we're thinking about mental well-being in particular, which is exactly uh, why you're here as well. Before we go into this, um, I am bigging you up as our uh, <laughs> as an expert. <laughs> Would you like to uh, to back that up? Because I know you've got the credentials to do so. Oh, Corinne, you're being very kind. Mm. Um, so I have had a love affair with all things well-being for the best part of probably the last 25 years. But to give you some confidence, um, in the last few years, I've undertaken a few um, a few qualifications. Certainly around, uh, I am a, an MHFA, as, as we all know, so a mental health first aider for Sodexo here. I'm one of the team of 13. Um, I'm also a meta health coach. Uh, meta health refers to, <clears throat> excuse me, the direct effect of stress on your body and organs and your emotional health and how that affects your body's ability to heal. And I'm also a mindfulness and meditation coach. So, and I'm very lucky to have been able to offer those services through uh, colleagues here at Sodexo um, and just, you know, sharing as much as we can to ensure that everybody has as much confidence in their own ability to 
make sure that their well-being is at the forefront of their minds. So mm-hmm. that's me in a nutshell, really, Corinne. That's you in a nutshell. Um, now, if you don't mind, I am going to ask a personal question. Um, mm-hmm. As I know, you've, you're very passionate about mental well-being here and today. Um, has it always been the case? Was there a moment in your life when you, you felt that this is something you needed to take a priority? That's a really good question, actually. And I often think when you listen to these types of podcasts, there's a lot of experts out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never profess to be an expert in everything, but having been somebody who has experienced um, poor health, um, that was kind of the trigger. So I've had, a, like I said, I've had a love affair with all things well-being probably since my early 20s. I was a single parent quite early on. And um, as you can imagine, raising two children, it was quite stressful. I worked mm-hmm. full time. And so I discovered my love of yoga. But actually, what really brought me to this pivotal point was about 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition, which is due to uh, long-term stress, ex- stress exposure. Mm-hmm. And it's not curable. Yeah. And so I had, I was actually quite poorly at the time. I went to my GP. They said, oh, just um, just take your tablets mm-hmm. and that'll, that'll be fine. And actually what I discovered was that that wasn't enough for me and it wasn't enough for my body. Mm-hmm. And it certainly wasn't enough to give me a sense of control and empowerment over my own well-being. So over the course of the last 10 years, I have researched everything, studied everything I can possibly find. And it became very important in my life to be able to empower myself, but also through conversations with colleagues, friends, families, um, and indeed also clients as well from one time to another. Um, We're all humans and actually we have very much the same habits. We are very much creatures of the same types of behaviour. And so it became really apparent that these things that I'd learned would be quite useful to impart Mm -hmm. to colleagues, friends, family. And that's where it began, really. That's wonderful. Um, and one of the reasons you've pretty much touched upon it as well, why we are starting this this podcast with mental well-being is that connection between between mental and physical. It sort of encompasses everything, really, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I and mean, we often, we, we you know, you hear the phrase mental health and you hear the phrases physical health. And we often talk about them as if they are separate. Mm-hmm. But actually, our heads are connected to our bodies, lest yeah. we should forget. <laughs> We'd be pretty useless if they mm-hmm. weren't. But of course, everything that you experience in your mind, your, your body also experiences. And so I'm very passionate about, yes, talking about mental well-being and physical well-being, but actually understanding how the two interplay with each other. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And how it creates the opportunity for the individual to really empower themselves for their own mm-hmm. well-being as a whole. Yes. Well, this is what I'm hoping. I should be taking notes, really. <laughs> I'm gonna, just going to take all the information from you that we can today. <laughs> oh, I hope. Well, I just hope it's useful, Karen. Absolutely. That's the most important part. Um, so we just want to take some time to to look at sort of where we are in the current climate and, and market trends. Obviously, you're probably more close. You're closer to to speaking to people on a daily basis than I am. Um, mm-hmm. So you obviously probably hear all the things that I'm going to sort of throw at you anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mental Health Charity Mind, they talk about how people can get into this vicious cycle <coughs> and and poor mental health can impact a person's ability to, to earn money and it makes worrying about money more extreme and it's sort of that ability to to deal with the stress of it, it, it gets blinkered if your mental health mm. isn't isn't well kept. Yeah. I mean, when you're when you're thinking about, you know, every human being on this planet, and we are all human first, we all have to work and we all have responsibilities, but ultimately, ultimately we're having a, a human experience. We all need to earn. We all need to, we all have responsibilities, whatever they may shape or, or form they may look like. Ultimately, if you are experiencing 
you know, poor mental health or a downward cycle in your mental health and you are in a negative headspace, that can seep out into every area of your life. And and to be able to arm yourself with tools that you can use from your toolbox when you are feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling that, you know, the world is closing in, actually, that's where your ability to empower yourself to recover your mental health to a a sort of an even equilibrium. It is possible to recover from poor mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, there are individuals who are potentially very lucky and and who never experience poor mental health, Mm -hmm. and and I salute you. However, we all have days when perhaps we're not feeling ourselves. Um, If that time period extends and, and, you know, you find yourself with your more of a negative headspace than a positive headspace or unable to pull yourself out of it. Um, And financially, of course, we know financial worries can be really debilitating if you are, you know, responsible for others Mm -hmm. as well as yourself. And so it's about trying to give yourself some tools. And if you can't find those tools yourself, giving you the opportunity to be able to speak to somebody else who can help you with those tools, Mm -hmm. to create that toolbox to be able to uh, reach in when you need it, and just to recover yourself to a a stronger place of of better Mm -hmm. mental health. That's it. So the phrase mind over matter, I guess it's been part of our vocabulary for for generations, <laughs> for as long as I can remember. Um, I think it does get interpreted differently depending on, on how and who is using it, though. Mm. Um, I don't really think there's any suggestion that good mental health is a, is a cure for all. As you say, it's, it's an underpinning factor, but it's going to help with your physical health. It's going to help you deal with your mental mm. well-being. Um, it won't necessarily fix the problems, uh, but it certainly helps. Um, but many people do sort of credit the power of projection as their reason for success. Um, Last year, we were at uh, the Employee Benefits Live exhibition and Selexo Engage had the pleasure of uh, sponsoring a talk by Ollie Ollerton. And he talks about the power to perform um, and he talks about mental resilience and how that's a driver to success. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, visualisation and, and, you know, the phrase, you know, fake it till you make it has been around for quite some time now. I don't necessarily think it's um, a, a one tool for everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it's uh, it's also something that everybody can use. I think when you're looking at your mental health, you know, it's very much about what you're telling yourself, what you're exposing yourself to. Everything, when we look at well-being, well-being is personal for everybody. And, and your opinion of well-being, Corinne, mm-hmm. and my opinion of well-being, and indeed anyone listening to this podcast, can be really, really different. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about, you know, mental well-being, often having that awareness, which I know is, is what Ollie talks about as well, is having your own internal awareness of your communication. So what are you exposing yourself to? What are you telling yourself mm-hmm. in your head? You know, if you use those words out loud... Actually, if you if you told your best friend what you were saying to yourself, w- would you even say those words? You, you don't have a best friend, that's for sure. <laughs> well, exactly, and and so it is about creating that sense of awareness for for your own well being. I mean, projection is great, but I think if you just take a step back a little bit before then and actually listen to what you're telling yourself, look at what you're exposing yourself to. You know, well being, your own well being takes in everything you're exposed to. So social media, the news, TV programmes, radio, who you're spending your time with, what you're telling yourself. And so actually, often when you start to feel your your mental health is perhaps um, in decline, mm-hmm. it's those types of suggestions that you often find are the starting point. So creating that awareness, how are you feeling, you know, 
and who are you with and what are you doing? And then, of course, from that, you can create those building blocks and those tools. Awareness and acceptance is is really important when you look at yourself. Mm -hmm. From that, of course, then when you start to look at your your future and, and how you want to shape, you know, your role in the world, giving yourself the ability to mirror somebody who you know is successful, take, embodying those traits that they have in place that you feel makes them a success. Yeah, that's great. But you have to get the building blocks right mm-hmm. in the beginning. If you're, Otherwise, you're just me looking at them with, with envy, I guess, aren't you? Or why can't I do that? You're going to just continue that negative cycle, that negative narrative, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah. You'll find yourself spiralling. So you'll mm-hmm. get to those points in the day when you, when if something hasn't gone your way and yet you feel you've done everything they do... Mm-hmm then it becomes a negative conversation with yourself. Yeah. Whereas actually, if you just take it back a step and look at what you're exposing you to, what are you saying to yourself? You know, what food are you eating? Mm. What exercise are you getting? How are you ensuring that your mental health comes first? That's that's the step, I think, that comes yeah. before that. And it's that. also breaking down your own successes as well. Indeed. Because if you are aiming high... There are steps to take to get there. Yeah. And you can achieve these little baby steps, which are obviously going to be much easier and a confidence booster than just thinking, right, I need to go all out and, and be this person. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and resilience. Resilience is, an un, is a strange word. We've heard a lot about resilience, especially over the last couple of years. Yes. I'm not entirely sure resilience is always a good thing for you to have to have, mm-hmm. because if you are worn out and in need of rest, then pushing yourself to develop resilience potentially is not the right way for you for you to go you may need to just stop and and take a rest and give yourself permission to have that rest but when you look at mental resilience and those people who are really strong in having that you know kind of tool in their in their armory actually it's about having that notion of not everything has to happen right now Mm -hmm. and understanding that the small changes that you make each and every day whether that be focused on success of your career mm-hmm. or whether it be focused on allowing yourself to come to a place where you're feeling, mm-hmm. you know, stronger physically and mentally. Having the awareness that, you know, it takes time yeah. actually can be a really difficult thing to accept if you're rushing and you're wanting everything to happen mm-hmm. immediately, but can be a real gift when you know that there's always tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> everything will always get better, but everything always changes as well. That's it. And as long as you're aware of yourself and you accept yourself, then anything is possible. I think it's that notion of resilient being strong. Mm. And strong's quite a dangerous word as well, isn't it? In some ways, it's quite problematic because for some people at their lowest point, being strong would be getting out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. For somebody else, being strong is going to be going for that five-mile run. Absolutely. Definitely not me, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, me neither. Yoga's much more my speed. But when you look at strength, actually, mm-hmm. what does... What, what does it do? If somebody tells you, if you're having a really difficult time, oh, chin up. Yeah, be strong. Be you're strong. a strong woman. Actually, what does that mean? <laughs> that's completely wrong. And if you're telling yourself that when you're feeling really overwhelmed, then that's also wrong. Yeah. You know, sometimes the bravest and the strongest people are those who reach out for help, yeah. who say, today I'm not okay. Yeah. Today I need somebody just to support me, just to help me. That could be a colleague, it could be an expert, it Mm -hmm. could be somebody in the counselling service, you know, or it could be your manager, it could be your best friend. Yeah. Ultimately, the strength in your character comes from being aware that you need support Mm -hmm. and being brave enough to ask for it. I think, Corinne, that to me makes somebody really strong. Yeah. And also enables you on your, perhaps on the days when you're not feeling so resilient, to remember that your success rate of getting through bad days 
so far has been 100%. That's it. That's true. And I think that's yeah. really important to remind ourselves as well. Yeah. When you break it down like that, it's it's a really, really powerful message, isn't it? Mm. So as I said at the beginning, and as we've probably established by going off script, <laughs> because I'm just throwing in questions at you. <laughs> I, I am 100%. These never come out the way we expect them to. I am, I am 100% one of those people that, you know, you hear the things being discussed and I hear what you're saying. I know how to make positive changes, but lack the skills to do it. Um, so what would you say to somebody like me who I can write about this sort of stuff? I do it on a weekly basis as my job. Um, but do I live and breathe it for myself? Probably not necessarily. So what, what tips would you give to someone like me who wants to take ownership of my my mental, I say resilience, although we've now sort of said <laughs> we've identified some problems with that word, but my mental well-being. Um, but I don't really necessarily know where to start. What would you say to that sort of person? Well, actually, you've already started. Mm-hmm. That's the brilliant thing, Corinne. We, we always think we have to change so much so yeah. quickly. But in just you asking that question, you've already started. You've mm-hmm. already begun. So the first thing to do is actually to give yourself a little bit of a, a well done. <laughs> because even asking that question, how can I support my own well-being? Mm-hmm. How can I make things, make myself feel on the days when I need a little bit more love? Because really that's what it is. We need yeah. more love for ourselves. Um, how can we, how can I do that? Well, the first thing we always tend to do is we I don't know about you. I don't make New Year's resolutions because I don't they, keep they them. They don't no. No, I don't keep them. And I've always, in the in the past, um, which really shouldn't be a tense that I should be using because really we only have control over the present. But in the past, I have made huge New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. I never stuck to any of them because they're far too big. Yeah. So the, per, the first piece of advice is to become aware about actually what it is you want to change. Mm-hmm. So get your notepad out. If you are having a conversation inside of your own head, there's a really old phrase, you'll, you'll never solve a problem inside of your own head. And that is as true today as, as it has been for all time. Mm-hmm. And that's because you are in a negative headspace. So if you can, and you have a friend or a loved one, and you want to sort of go through this together, great. But if you're on your own, and you want to do it for yourself, get your notepad out, mm-hmm. write down 10 things that you want to achieve. And then look at that list again, and cross off seven Mm -hmm. because chances are you won't get to those anyway (laughs) three actually interestingly making three promises and I I use the phrase promises deliberately rather than resolutions Mm -hmm. making yourself three promises to actually what would you like to change Mm -hmm. now it might be that you decide you want to have a bit more exercise in your week well what does that look like for you Corinne I know that you're a you're a you know working mum you Mm -hmm. have a family I I also am and that's tough. It's, well, it's tough for dads as well, you know, yeah. if you have responsibilities for other smaller humans. Um, ultimately, if you're looking at, you know, creating a shift in your energies and a shift in your mental well-being, physically moving your body is really important. Mm-hmm. Now, that can be if you've got no time or, you know, you're limited on funds because that yeah. can be difficult this as well. Exercise can be expensive. Yeah. Five minutes, set your alarm five minutes before you would normally do it or 10 minutes before you would normally get up Mm -hmm. in the morning and literally get out of bed, breathe into your body five times deeply into your tummy, get that oxygen into your body Mm -hmm. to create that, you know, oxygenated blood to get your heart pumping, to get your lungs working for you, to have all of your internal organs flushed with, with fresh oxygen for the morning. Even if you just do 10 star jumps, even mm. if you just do go out for a walk around the block, mm-hmm. even if you decide that you just want to meditate for five minutes, just setting your alarm five, 10 minutes before, mm-hmm. before you normally would, 
it's often we feel in our lives that we don't have a sense of time that we're always busy. It's always the next thing. You know, if you are a full-time working person and you have other responsibilities, you know, whatever they may look like, it could be your children, it could be uh, relatives, it could be your cat or your dog, it could be anything. But ultimately, we do have other responsibilities in our lives. And so it's about finding moments in your day when you can dedicate simply to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's also about, again, with your pad and paper, getting really quiet and being really honest with yourself. If you're saying you've got to get up at six o'clock and go for a 5k run and you haven't run for 25 years like myself, (laughs) that might be a bit challenging. And after perhaps day three, you're going to feel like it's really too hard. Mm -hmm. Start small. The other thing is, is don't talk yourself out of it. If you're in a negative headspace and you're asking yourself this question, should I get up and go for a swim this morning? Well, if you're feeling not very energised, the answer is always going to be no. Mm -hmm. So often it's better if you can, and if you are doing something in the morning or in the evening, prepare whatever it is you're going to need. Mm -hmm. If you're going to yoga class, I mean, for example, I go to yoga class in the evenings, I I make sure I have all of my things ready for me by the back door because I have a brain like a sieve (laughs) and they will fall out, especially if I'm rushing. Yes. In the mornings, I like to swim, not Mm -hmm. every morning. But the other thing I've stopped doing, which I found really useful this year, is I've stopped telling myself that I should exercise to make me look slimmer, (laughs) younger, fitter, whatever that might be. It's about what's happening to your body as opposed to image perception. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I've told myself that I'm going to swim because it makes me feel better. And that's where the conversation ends. So try not to talk yourself out of it. You know, it's often a situation and a really good mantra that I like to use is don't think, just do. Mm -hmm. You know you want to do it. Yeah. Often it's the conversation in your head where you talk yourself out of it. You mm-hmm. can think of a thousand reasons why you shouldn't. But what was the run, one reason that you started with from the beginning? That's the truth. Yeah. So that would be my advice. Is Remember start- why you started is definitely something I see on notebooks. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and don't think about it. Yeah. Just do it. Because yeah. the moment you've proven to yourself that it does make you feel better... Yes, that's it. That remembrance, you know, you create muscle muscle memory in your mind, you create muscle memory in your body, cellular memory. Once you begin to realise that actually I feel better after this and it's not as hard Mm -hmm. as I thought it would be, be realistic with your goals. Don't set too many. Don't go out to run a marathon if you've never run a 5K before. Yeah. And also the final one, because I realise I'm talking a little (laughs) This is fine. (laughs) Is to is to be really kind to yourself whilst you're going through this. Because ultimately, when you change a habit or you create a new habit, you are learning. You are like a child who is learning to walk, a child who's learning to read. Give that kindness to yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not going to feel fantastic every time you do it. Perhaps, perhaps you will. But be kind to yourself on those days and lose the judgment. I think you've um, you've pretty much answered my next sort of question, which was going to be <laughs> the person, like like you say, um, I don't get a lot of sleep at night. Uh, mm-hmm. My children wake quite regularly still. Getting up at five in the morning, it's, it's just not going to happen. Um, I will sit here and give you a thousand excuses. <laughs> um, but I think as you touched upon it, it is, it's those baby steps, isn't it? It's yeah. finding those times. It's, it's not necessarily breaking up at the crack of dawn just sort of changing the habits like lunch breaks mm-hmm. I mean how many of us is guilty of really busy I'll just crack on through my lunch break but actually that time is better served if we do just take those that step back from the desk from Indeed. the space even if it's just going out for a walk hey 
counts towards your steps. Sitting down in a quiet space, focused on your mental well-being. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you are, it, and that's brilliant, Corinne, you know, ultimately you, you've, you've encapsulated it there. You know, if you're working full out in the morning, how much, you know, and you're already feeling a bit stressed, a bit overwhelmed, perhaps your brain is on super fast forward. So although you feel you're you're accomplishing all these tasks, are you able to finish any of them mm-hmm. effectively? If you come to lunchtime and you work through your lunch break and you eat on the go and so your digestion is not able to, to transfer the food, the food to fuel, you're not able to give your brain a break. When it comes to three o'clock in the afternoon, how much better do you really feel when you have been able to work through your lunch break? Mm-hmm. How much more effective do you feel? There may be days when you do get things done if you've yeah. got tight deadlines, of course. But every day, that should be a red flag. Yeah, absolutely. It should be a warning sign. It's, it's uh, one of the steps towards burnout at the end of the day, isn't it? So. Indeed, yeah. Having given yourself permission. I mean, permission is a word that we don't hear very often as adults, do mm-hmm. we? We no. use it to our kids a lot. You know, and perhaps your dogs and cats and whoever else <laughs> you might have in your household. But ultimately, when was the last time we as adults gave ourselves permission to just say, that's not that's not making me feel great. I need to take 10 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I need to go to bed early tonight. Give yourself permission to to take away all of the pressure. You know, I've got a a really wonderful colleague who we both know very well, who once told me that we spend our lives putting too many shoulds on our shoulders. (laughs) And that's stuck with me ever since. How many times do we tell ourselves we should be doing this, we should Mm -hmm. be doing that? Actually, how often do those shoulds make you feel any better? This is it. And also, who said... Where do these shuds come from? They're I know. all <laughs> I know. they're all self-inflicted, aren't they? Yeah. This is the thing. That's why it's really important to be honest with yourself. Listen to what you're actually telling you, whether mm. it's your body telling you it, if you're tired, run down, if you're getting poorly. Yeah. You know, any of those signs. If you're not sleeping well, if you have problems with digestion, if you have problems with skin irritation, mm-hmm. all of that are signs that your body is telling you, I'm not happy. Slow mm-hmm. down, listen to me. I'm not saying we all finish, you know, at 12 o'clock and go home for a sleep, although some people <laughs> might be quite welcome to that. Um, I'm just saying re- remind yourself to, to really listen and if you feel that you should be given yourself permission, take that step mm-hmm. and use that kindness because that's where men- that's where well-being really starts. Yeah, Well-being isn't necessarily sitting in the bath and having a glass of red wine, although that might make you feel great. <laughs> um your well-being is your well-being is a serious serious thing that mm-hmm. we should all be able to manage but we're never taught these things no. as children luckily enough now the world is changing this and we're, is it. we're seeing it becoming more and more relevant both at work mm-hmm. and at home i think we're healing from the generations as well aren't we because our parents weren't taught it and their Indeed. parents weren't taught it yeah mm-hmm. it, it is tough well thank you for that um I know when I listen back, I'm going to be taking a lot from that. Um, and this is kind of how we wanted to to do this podcast. So talk to you, the employee, the employer, the person, uh, the human being that can can take away these tips and, and make some changes for yourself. But um, obviously there are times when people do need that additional support. Mm-hmm. So as we, we're going to shift the conversation over to sort of talk to the, to the business and the employers uh, and what they can do to support the mental well-being uh, of the well-being of their people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we both work for Sodexo Engage, obviously. Um, so employee well-being is something we talk about every single day. Um, Sodexo Engage as a business has been in the employee well-being world for over 60 years. Uh, and our messaging is always about how it's how important it is for businesses to look after employees. 
Um, but I had wanted to sort of, as I was sort of researching this, I went back to look at the history of, mm-hmm. of well-being in the workplace, which is obviously, it's it's evolved over time, but not actually massively when you break it down. So uh, way back in, in 1810, uh, Robert Marcus Owen proposed a 10-hour working day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by 1817, it had been, uh, he'd petitioned to reduce it to eight hours. And here we are in 2023 and pretty much still living the eight-hour working day. Wow. More I or n- less. I never knew that. Yeah, That's a new nice statistic for I me. Was, I was looking at that. I was like, okay, so where's the, where's the gap in the middle? Yeah. Um, so the changes then really start in the 50s, and that's when um, employee assistance programs um, actually started to become a thing mm-hmm. um, in the workplace. And today, you know, we're asking employees to go further. And the flexibility in the workplace, hybrid working, that obviously helps. Uh, work-life balance, uh, but from a, a looking after your employees' perspective, we are we are asking them to focus on physical, mental and financial well-being. Um, and from what we see and from what you see, because you speak to people, most employers do get that message. They understand it, not just because they care about their people, but as we know, there are best business benefits to, to making your workforce robust and, and healthy. Um, so whilst most businesses do appear to understand, there are actually one in 10 UK employers that don't support mental mm-hmm. wellbeing because they don't actually think it's their responsibility. Um, so... As I say, you are you are the client facing person here. I am the the computer keyboard facing person mostly. <laughs> is this is this something that you come across when you speak to people, or do you find that there is generally an appetite to support um, to support employee well being? Yeah, I, I mean, certainly there's been a shift. I mean, you know, we've all been through quite a lot the last three years, in particular, um, as a as a collective human race, but also as employees, mm-hmm. um, we are seeing you know this shift in the from the HR individuals that we work with to the industry information that that shared you know with us and indeed with our clients and to some of the industry experts that we also have connections with too what we're seeing and and you mentioned hybrid working you know hybrid working is great it's given people the opportunity who maybe wouldn't have had that experience in the past who were five days in the office to have a slightly more flexibility so perhaps it's helped with you know working families and, Mm -hmm. and changing that structure or if you have any responsibility but it's not good for everyone. No, and this is the thing, it. it's, it's, again, when it comes to, to well-being and, and even in the workplace, we are humans first, mm-hmm. you know. One thing that we're very lucky to have here, Corinne, is, is an inclusive, you know, employer. Yes. So everything Sodexo does, we know, is employee-led, mm-hmm. you know. And actually, for me to be able to even have this conversation with you this afternoon is because Sodexo allow me to share mm-hmm this kind of well-being message which is which is I feel very important and very relevant certainly in, in today's world Absolutely, yeah. but when we look at actually the range of benefits that, that we have as employees of Sodexo within Sodexo Engage but also in terms of what our, we're sharing with our clients you know employee assistance programs are are absolutely valuable um, but it's important that you make sure that you have the right type of employee assistance program that works mm-hmm. for you um, you know, we have a really fantastic app that comes along with ours and, yeah. and it's huge in terms of, you know, empowering the, the employee. Um, again, it comes back to having an inclusive culture, removing the stigma of, of mental health. You know, it's OK to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mind did a really big piece around that, you know, in the last sort of couple of years. But actually, it should be OK to talk. It should be acceptable. Yeah. You know, if you're feeling poorly in your body... If you're feeling unwell, it's very acceptable to say, if someone said, if I said to you, how are you feeling today, Corinne? And you had a cold, 
you'd be quite happy telling yeah. me you've got a cold. But yes, if I, I'd like yeah. tea and sympathy, thank you. Yeah, but it should be the same with your, yeah, with your mental health. But actually, because often mental health is hidden, mm-hmm. it's not visible for everybody, there is still a stigma um, around being able to share that you're not feeling all right today. Um, like I say, we're very lucky at SEDEC, so we have that inclusive culture. Mm-hmm. We are seeing a shift, certainly, um, you know, collectively within a lot of our clients who are having a more sort of inclusive um, culture and, and actually asking those relevant questions about, you know, how they can support their their colleagues, their mm-hmm. employees, their staff, however you want to refer to them. But ultimately, it, it still comes down to the fact that we are all human beings mm-hmm. having a human experience. And if you spend 8, 10, 12 hours of your, your day at work, it's important that that place gives you the support if you're not feeling okay. Mm-hmm. And that could be issues internally coming from your work, perhaps having the ability to share with your manager that perhaps your workload is too much. Mm-hmm. But also, you might just say... I, I feel isolated. I don't want to work from home five days a week. Yeah, this is it. I miss my colleagues. You know, there are many mm-hmm. different ways to, to look at certainly workplace well-being. Um, and it is that mental and physical health as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're sat at your desk for eight hours a day, chances are that your energy levels are going to be quite low. Yeah, By about the sort of three o'clock slump, dare mm-hmm. I mention it, <laughs> when we all reach for a cup of coffee and perhaps a chocolate biscuit, which That's is great. It. But actually, that you know, giving yourselves and, and having your employer understand that they can give you suggestions, mm-hmm. you know, and ideas and, and potentially the benefits that they can provide you with play very much into mm-hmm. this. You know, these are industry experts that offer these types of uh, well-being initiatives and and having that in place for your for your workforce mm-hmm. to help support them in their well-being journey actually tells them that they're valued, yes. that they belong. Yeah. So we talk about obviously the employee assistance program we were I am going to pick your brains on that further because yeah. I know you you live and breathe it um but you you very much touched upon something else that's important which is which is culture mm. um and one way businesses can can sort of embed it is with mental health first aiders mm. like yourself um so for somebody that doesn't know what a mental health first aider does or businesses thinking about adopting this process mm. could you t- tell us a little bit about what it involves what you what you give to your colleagues on a daily basis as a as a mental health first aider um, absolutely. So, you know, obviously, um, we all have uh, physical first aiders in mm-hmm. the business. Most organisations have that actually as a health and safety requirement. That's true, yeah. Um, mental health first aiders are relatively new. Mm-hmm. Um, I qualified about five years ago. Like I said, I'm one of, I believe, 14 of us now, actually, within our mental health first aider team here at Sodexo. And we are in place to really be the, to be thought about as the equivalent of your physical first aiders. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are, we should be, we see, we're not counsellors. That's one thing to be very clear about. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not in in the process of fixing people because you can't do that. Mm -hmm. We are in place to offer a layer of support if Mm -hmm. you are feeling that you just need to talk. We're also in place to be able to identify certain potential poor mental health situations, Mm -hmm. to be able to signpost to specific um, you know, areas, whether it be counselling through the AP programme, mm-hmm. whether it might be something, you know, you may need perhaps um, more medical GP-led support, whether it might be just giving you some space to talk yeah. um, to somebody 
it, you know, that's it's a multi-layered approach um, with us as, as mental health first aiders. And, you know, I'm sure there are lots of people listening to this podcast who potentially will be mental for health first aiders themselves. Because mm-hmm. I know, you know, when we talk about culture, you talk about becoming a conscious employer and actually, you know, recognising that your employees are individuals first, they're human first. Mm-hmm. This type of, um, you know, well-being focus actually you know, plays into that really important conscious awareness as an employer to enable your colleagues and your your employees to feel like they are, that they belong. Mm -hmm. You know, we all want to belong somewhere. um, And we all, you might love your job, but maybe maybe parts of your job that you find challenging or Mm -hmm. difficult. If you're unable to perhaps reach out and speak to a colleague in your team or indeed even your manager, mental health first aiders are confidential. Yes. Um, But we are... We're very lucky to be part of our team at Sodexo. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are all very committed, as I'm sure all MHFAs are mm-hmm. as well, in just being an advocate, really, to try and remove yeah. that stigma. Which actually does bring me on to, uh, very smoothly, as if we rehearsed this, <laughs> <laughs> on to my, my next question. Um, because I do a lot, I write our blogs here. Um, I'm in the content team, so... Our wonderful blogs, oh, Karen. thank you. <laughs> so I, I'm obviously often got my head in research and statistics. And uh, Heads Together um, published stats that showed that only 2% of employees mm. would actually feel comfortable talking to, to their managers or their employer. Um, about their mental well-being. Mm. So is that something that in your role as a mental health first aid or just your role as a human being that you have, you've you've experienced as well that you could say, actually, yeah, I feel that, that's true? Yeah, I mean, there is a stigma still very much so. If you imagine somebody who is, you know, perhaps even in a leadership role as well, you, you can certainly see it in that where if somebody is in a negative headspace and, and they don't want to say oh, I'm struggling today, because often they feel like they're going to be judged Mm -hmm. or people won't think that they're still capable of doing their job or it's admitting a weakness. None of that is true. Mm -hmm. Let's be really clear. Like we said at the beginning, the bravest and strongest thing you can do if you are not feeling okay is to get some sort of support Mm -hmm. and some sort of help. You know, you don't have to continue down the road which you know is not making you feel great there's a really interesting statistic which our employee assistance um, provider shares with us is that their counseling service the busiest times are actually between 6 p.m and 6 a.m in the morning mm-hmm. so outside of your working day and it's a bit it plays into this um sort of masking that, that we often have as individuals where you know we'll come into work we'll put our face on we, mm-hmm. we've all been guilty of it at some time you're not feeling great but you're going to get your head on you're going to get head down and get through the day actually how long do you do you continue to do that until Mm -hmm. you start to say to yourself I'm not I'm not okay doing this anymore it's too much at that point you've got you've got a choice and actually when you're in a very negative headspace or your mental health isn't feeling great you you have a choice and that choice is to continue in that way or to actually try and reach out for some support you know, find a way to help. It's difficult if you are in a working environment where perhaps you're working on the phone or, you know, you might only have a lunch break where you have access to these types of resources. But knowing and having the confidence that that service is there for you mm-hmm. and also knowing that you can access it 24 hours a day, that's incredibly important. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I don't imagine there are many people who would want to sit and have a conversation with a counsellor at their desk at work in no, full plain it. view of everyone. <laughs> and so often when you're talk, thinking about EAP and counselling services, that's some people's perception. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. Yeah. Well, actually, it's for everyone. That's it. It's really about removing that stigma and, and creating an environment where people feel that it's okay, that nobody will judge them. Mm-hmm. That we have to remember, we all have yeah. bad days, good days, however That's you it. want to phrase it. Um, but again, you know, your success rate for um, getting through your bad days is 100%. Yeah, I love I love that way of thinking about it, actually. Mm. Um, I think it's fair to say, as you've sort of mentioned, I've, I've mentioned with some of the stats, that no matter how supportive an employer is, it's a very individual experience. Mm-hmm. And some people are never going to be feeling that confident uh, to talk to their employer or the mm. mental health facilitator, they might want to keep that side of themselves absolutely completely private from the workspace. Mm. And like you say, that's because there's a stigma or it's perceived as a weakness. All these things that aren't true, but we still do tell ourselves. Mm. Um, so I'm still sort of in my infancy, I guess, at Sodexo. I'm, I'm still relatively new, but you know our products inside and mm. out, particularly the employee assistance program. And I know... Um, Speaking with you about it, I, I learned a lot. <laughs> I think I learned about all the things that were accessible in that space uh, from you. Um, there's probably more than one, but what is your standout feature of Sodexo's Employee Assistance Programme? Oh, Corinne, you know, I can never just answer one <laughs> simple one question, one thing. Right, we're going to um, put a time limit on it. Okay. <laughs> no so, time. Okay, so I can't answer just one. Mm-hmm. It has to be two, I'm afraid. That's absolutely fine. So obviously the counselling service is incredibly powerful and important. Taking that first step to be brave and strong in yourself and say, I'm going to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. wherever it be. And you're quite right. Generally, it's if you're at home, three o'clock in the morning, it could mm-hmm. be if you can't sleep, whatever it might be. The second part is, is, a, is a well-being app, which personalises your, your empowerment. You know, if you think about somebody who can't sleep, what's the first thing we all do as human beings? We they pick up our phone. phones. <laughs> and it is, it's easy. And if you've got a tool on your phone that enables you to contact a counselling service at three o'clock in the morning, it, it's... It removes the stigma of you having to be visible at work and doing it because sometimes that can make you feel mm-hmm. it might not be the truth because we often tell ourselves fibs yes. when we're in that headspace yeah. uh, and not truths. You know, you you might be telling yourself because you're feeling low in mood that you are not valued, that if you show that side of yourself, people are going to judge you. They're going to think that you aren't capable of doing your job. None of that is true. Ultimately... And if it is, then they're not the right employee for you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be somebody that's inclusive and, and that's supportive. But ultimately, as a human, the responsibility that you have for your own well-being is to yourself first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, giving your employees and staff and colleagues access to these tools, again, just supports that narrative of, you know, we care about you, you belong here, we want to support you. Ultimately, it is the individual's responsibility. Mm-hmm. But sometimes... It's hard to own, isn't it, sometimes? Indeed. And if you are in a real, if you are in a poor mental health state or you're in crisis, for Mm -hmm. example, it can be very difficult to even think clearly, Mm -hmm. to even be able to verbalise how you're feeling. So having something like an EAP in place or a wellbeing app, which gives you access outside of the working day when you're at home in your safe space, can be really, you know, the, the choice between somebody reaching out for help and... Um, and somebody not yeah that's brilliant thank you 
Um, so that is us wrapping up our first um, first of, of this year, first of many, hopefully, um, podcasts on uh, empowering people and fueling business. Uh, thank you for your insights. You're I mean, welcome. as I say, I, I am I'm obviously going to listen to this again, but I, I will be listening and making notes as well. Um, but I'm not actually quite done with you just yet. <laughs> okay. Um, again, I'm putting the pressure on what, because I'm asking you one thing. Oh, you know that never ends well, Corin. <laughs> um, out of all the absolutely amazing, insightful messages you've given us today, what is the one thing that you would want an employee or an employer to take away from what we've talked about today? Um, so, oh, that's a very tricky question. <laughs> I'm quite wordy, so it's really hard to put things into a small, concise sentence. I would say thinking about employer and employees and remembering that we are all human first, mm -hmm. I would say that the most important thing is to remind yourself that your work, that you have the power over your well-being and to be honest and to be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I know that might sound like a really innocuous statement, be kind to yourself. What does that mean? Actually, it means removing the judgment, mm -hmm. taking away that negative words that you use removing things from tv social media whatever it might be that that don't make you feel good about yourself mm -hmm. and replacing it perhaps with nothing yeah because you don't have enough time or you're using too much of your time and waffling sorry <laughs> and um yeah being really honest with yourself okay. i think that's really key and I guess the final note, sorry, Corinne, I did tell you it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be one answer. That's fine. Is, is remember that you can always ask for help. Mm -hmm. Always. You're never alone. Thank you. All right. That's lovely. So finally, Debbie, if somebody wants to uh, reach out uh, to you, talk to you or any other member of the Sodexo team about our employee assistance program and other wellbeing products, what's the best way for them to do so? Thanks ever so much for giving me the opportunity to share all of these uh, well-being tips and information with you today. I, I really hope you found it useful. If you would like to get in touch, um, you can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Debbie Evans, or um, you can email me at debbie.evans at if you want to share any of your own well-being tips or experiences. And finally, if you'd like to check out all things well-being, head over to our page um, at sodexoengage.com. Thanks ever so much. And speaking of being on our website and finding resources, um, we produce a lot of content. So if you head over to our website onto our sustainable wellbeing page, that's where you can download our wellbeing guide and strategy pack with some very useful desk space exercises for anyone that needs to stretch when they are hunched over the desk all day. Uh, and also Debbie's uh, co-created this pack as well, some amazing mindfulness uh, tips. So everything we've talked about today, you can actually have in writing, you can take your time to work through the information at your own pace and just absorb it really and there's also some useful product information in there and how for you as a business you can get the engagement from your people and to get your well-being strategies into your business off the ground and the more people that are involved the more cost effective and sustainable it is and that's what we try to help people do here so thank you for joining myself and debbie and sodexo engage for our empowering people and fueling businesses podcast and we hope to see you next time.